Good morning. I'd like to welcome each one this morning. This is something new for me uh, that it's been a while. It's been about seven years since I've stood in front of a congregation <clears throat> to be uh, a song leader and a uh, master of ceremony. But today, God is going to bless each one of us. Because of you here, thank you. And if you're a visitor, I'd like you to fill out a card that would be in the back of the pew. And if you uh, are home folks, I'd like to welcome, uh, give you a big hug. My uh, grandson gives you an air hug, so this is, <laughs> I like to give each one an air hug. Uh, in, <clears throat> in the way of announcements, uh, on Wednesday night, Carvin will be leading uh, Wednesday night service. And then next Sunday, <coughs> Scott will be speaking. And uh, also, uh, last Sunday, the offering for the Pollock campground was $1,725. And if you still like to give, uh, you're still welcome to. And uh, the minister team has been able to uh, make donations to uh, the Christmas boxes and to Carvin is going on another missionary trip. Let's keep him in our prayers as he prepares for this. And also, uh, if you remember Nick Treshell is... Uh, uh, the uh, address for him to send him a note, encouragement, and send him love and appreciation. We thank you that uh, you have uh, uh, come this morning. In a way of giving, if uh, you can give on uh, the church app and also the box in the back for the checks and the cash and the, the money. And as we prepare our hearts in singing this morning, let's the, uh, lift our voices. Till my guilty soul it glory 
burden there was multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty on Calvary. Now I give to Jesus So
Scott Lamb speaking and Carvin uh, helping out and blessing us so much. In our prayer request this morning, we have Bill Wendy, Eric and David Chandler, Dale Green, Ken McConkle, and Jerry Crane, uh, Ito, and Lou Green, Julie Block family, and Carolyn Ward. And I'd like to thank each one for the blessing, for the prayers that sent up for Charlotte and I. We had the COVID, but uh, God has blessed so much. And let us all prepare our hearts to go to prayer. We thank you so much for Lord, for your blessings of today. We thank you for giving us health and happiness today. Just bless Scott as he stands before us this morning. Just give him words to speak to us, to help us, to bless our souls and to help us to grow. Bless in Jesus' name this morning. We ask this in thy name. Amen. Okay. Hey, uh, before I go up there, I just, um, first of all, I want to say thanks to the Weems. You know, they, the song they sang, Wholehearted Service, um, well, that's an example of what they're doing right here. So I appreciate them stepping in. Uh, those who would uh, normally be leading worship are out of town this week, and uh, they were called upon to see if anybody could help, and they said, we'll do it. So uh, we, we appreciate them, uh, their commitment to that, especially with the, the news of what he just shared, that they've just had COVID recently. They're just recovering from that. So just to be able to step in and do that, we appreciate y'all for doing that. And uh, he mentioned uh, Carvin uh, going to Guatemala in a couple weeks on the 18th, I believe. And um, he has this uh, book, we were talking about it Wednesday night. If you haven't been coming Wednesdays, I invite you to come on Wednesdays for our Bible study. Uh, it's a more uh, intimate time when we just kind of gather around the, the tables over there in the fellowship hall and, 
and do Bible study and share prayer requests with each other and things like that. But one of the things uh, we talked about and we prayed for was uh, Carvin for this upcoming trip he has uh, to Guatemala on the 18th. So uh, we want to continue to be supporting him in prayer. And, um, and I don't know if you knew it, but uh, the church supported him financially too. So I appreciate y'all giving uh, to uh, commitment to help him in that. He has this book that he's written and I was uh, thumbing through it uh, with Rebecca the other day and saying, man, he must have kept a journal. <laughs> I was talking to him today and he said he did. So there's a lot of details in it and a lot of things that, uh, that has happened and God's blessed him with in his life on the mission field. And uh, you'll be blessed by getting uh, one of these too. You can uh, pick one of those up, I think, out in the hallway out there if you'd like one. So um, you can, I believe they're uh, $20. So make a, a donation to Carvin for that. That'd be for, for that. Well, thank you. That was a, that was a commercial. <laughs> now back to our regular programming. Good to be with you again this morning. Uh, last week we, we shared about, well, the title of the uh, sermon was uh, Ambassadors of Christ. And our, our passage from 2 Corinthians 5, but we never even really got to it that good. So um, right toward the end of the sermon, we finally got to our main passage, but the buildup was about the kingdom. So we were talking about being a part of a kingdom. You remember that? Uh, we were, uh, I made reference to the Olympics and how the opening ceremony, they had all the different nations and countries and even kingdoms uh, represented, and they were marching in with their flags and representing that. And um, we thought it's interesting to think there are still kingdoms in this world with a, a monarch or a king or an emperor. And, uh, but we talk about the kingdom here too, don't we? And it's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And being a part of that, we talked about uh, that last week, about how we are born into it. Jesus said when he was talking to uh, Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. There must be a spiritual rebirth and when that happens, you're born into God's kingdom, and you're a part of that. Uh, we talked about how uh, being a part of the kingdom is setting up Jesus on the throne of your life, where he is the king of your life, and you're no longer the king of your life. You, uh, you repent from the, the life of sin and of selfishness and living for yourself, and you make Jesus the king of your life. And it is life that you get because of that. Uh, so we, we talked about being a, a part of the kingdom. And that led up to, as part of the kingdom, we have an assignment in the kingdom. And we have been assigned as an ambassadorship. And we talked a, briefly about how cool it would be to be an ambassador. If the president picked you to be an ambassador, um, I'll pick on uh, the Jilly girls here. Now, we're glad that y'all are here with us this morning. But, you know, if, if the president called you up and said, I'm going to make you ambassador to, you know, what country would you want it to be? Maybe Ireland. Or maybe, I don't know, where, where would be a place that you would want to go to be an ambassador? So, but we are called to be an ambassador here in this world. And it might seem strange to think of it that way because we live in this world. But really, as we set up last week, our citizenship is now in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And we just live in this world now 
as an ambassador of the king and of the kingdom of God. So let's, uh, let's start off and read um, our main text, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll start in verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Amen. Let me pray. Dear God, we're thankful for your word and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to share it. God, I feel uh, unworthy to be able to do that. And God, I, I don't want anything that comes out of my lips this morning to just be Scott talking. Uh, God, I pray your spirit will, will be here and will help. It will help, um, help me to um, discern from you what to say and what not to say. And God, to be true to your word that we've just read. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in this passage that we read... In 2 Corinthians, Paul describes a Christian's duty as a representative of Christ. And uh, last week we talked about how all the Olympians, they're really like a representative of their country. They represent a country. They're there. Uh, I remember it might have been um, in Rio, some big scandal happened with one of the Olympians. And it reflects bad back on their home country, right? And so as a representative of Christ, um, we are representing Christ in the world that we're in. Paul says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors. Not that we should aspire to be, but that we are an ambassador. So what is an ambassador? And what's an ambassador do? And this is where we left off last week, so we're going to get into that now. So in just in looking up some things about the duties of an ambassador and what they are, I'll just read you a couple things. An ambassador is a diplomatic agent of the highest order. An ambassador is the authorized representative of his nation in the host nation. Now, I like this part here. An ambassador is not an independent agent. So if I was chosen to be an ambassador of, uh, I'll just pick the country I did earlier, Ireland. I would not go there with my own pretenses and my own opinions about things. I would just be representing the United States and what their policies are and um, things like that. Uh, an ambassador is not an independent agent. His job is to speak the message or messages given to him from his home country. He is neither to add nor subtract. He is expected and required to be a faithful representative. An ambassador's personal opinions are to be his own. It's kind of hard to keep our opinions to ourselves sometimes, isn't it? When we see something that we think it ought to be this way, but we really kind of, as an ambassador, we give up our right to our own opinion. 
We have been bought, we've been purchased with a price, with the blood of Jesus, and we are now His as His ambassador. We'll get to that in a little bit, a little bit more. Um, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is a subject of a foreign land. He is a citizen of one country, and he represents that home country while living as a foreigner in another country. So you're following me on that of where we're talking about, where we set the stage for being in the kingdom? We're in this kingdom, but this is uh, the world that we live in is not really our home. We're now we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, but we're still living here, and we have a, a duty as an ambassador to our home country here. So we're living as a foreigner in another country. The ambassador is not a subject of the land wherein he works. That's good. Ambassadors are not a subject of the land wherein he works. Ambassadors are not subject to the laws of the host nation. Now this doesn't mean that we're not subject to the laws of our world, but we are subject at a higher degree to the laws of God. And we represent that. To apply it to um, our spiritual life, we are no longer bound to the laws of this world as far as sin is concerned. Remember the passage we read from Romans before where uh, sin has, uh, we are held captive by sin. Sin is, um, uh, because of what Jesus did for us, sin no longer um, reigns over my life. Also, an ambassador is an apologist. And I thought this was interesting. Ambassadors represent the foreign policy of their sending nation, and they are apologists on its behalf. Now, most of the time when we talk about apologists, we think of like apologizing for something. You're sorry for it. And um, I'm, I'm sorry this happened this way, and I, I apologize. But an apologist, the real uh, definition of the term is to explain um, a rationale of provide reason for. So we are to, if I was an American ambassador, I would, uh, my task would be to provide reasons, explanations, and rationales for American foreign policy. So this is all just what it means to be an ambassador here. Let's get into what the scriptures tell us here. So the apostle Paul says that we're ambassadors for Christ. Let's look to see how these duties that I just read of an ambassador might translate into our lives as ambassadors. One, it said it's a, a diplomat of the highest rank. So we don't want to think of ourselves too highly, but we do have a high calling. We have a high calling. Verse 17 of what I just read in 2 Corinthians 5 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. We are in Christ. We have a high calling to that. Paul tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Being in Christ brings new life, right? Anybody alive out there? Okay, all right. <laughs> Just checking to make sure. Being in Christ brings new life. This is our high calling as we are in Christ and we live in Christ. As such, we are representatives of Christ. And we have the privilege of declaring the gospel message of the Christ that we represent and that we personally experienced. We're ambassadors for Christ 
through whom God, the other verse in there says, is making his appeal to the world. Verse, the last part of 17. God is making his appeal through us to the world about being reconciled to him. So we have a high calling. As ambassadors, we possess dual citizenship. You ever heard of someone having dual citizenship? Or they have, a, they have citizenship in more than one country? Verse 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are citizens of heaven. Knowing God's claim upon us, this means that there ought to be some sense in which we know and feel that this world that we're living in is not really our home. As ambassadors for Christ, we ought to almost feel strange in this world. And there's even a passage that, that says when people look upon Christians, they, they see them as kind of strange. We're supposed to be set apart, to be different than the world. We, we're not to be looked upon and say, oh, they're just one of us. When the world looks at Christians, they should notice a difference, right? I think we tend too often, even in the church, to blend in too much to what the world is like. And um, that's a dangerous path. This world is not our home, but we're living in it, aren't we? We're not to try to conform to the world, to try to be like it. But there should be a strangeness about it, and that's uh, obvious to people. Another thing about an ambassador that I can relate to what I read earlier was our actions reflect back on the Lord. Our, as ambassadors, our actions reflect back on the Lord. Just like if you're an ambassador or representing a country in another country, the way you act and the things that you do, people will observe that and it, they will um, tag it with the country that sent you. Paul tells us that as ambassadors for Christ, God makes his appeal to others through us. So we're God's representatives. Our actions, our words, our behaviors all reflect back on God. Others will judge the message of Christ based on the witness of our lives. That's pretty heavy, huh? Others will judge the message of Christ based on the witness of our lives. What an awesome privilege, but also what a heavy responsibility. An awesome responsibility. You and I represent the foreign policy of the kingdom of heaven. As representatives of God, how we live our lives will send a message of how God is, how He loves, how He provides for His children, what He requires of His children. How we live our life sends that message. So when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a hard time and you're just all despair and doom and gloom, what kind of message does that send to the world that's watching you about your King, about your God? How we live sends a message and it reflects back on God. People judge Christ by our representation of Him. How are we representing Christ? How many of you know that bad news travels far, <laughs> right? And it don't take, you know, one minister making one mistake 
to spread far and wide, doesn't it? And it can, uh, it can happen easily. One dumb move <laughs> reflects back on the country that you represent. And in this case, it's on the kingdom of God. And it's on God himself. We're going to make mistakes, though, aren't we? We're going to make mistakes, and we just have to trust that we'll have uh, opportunities to redeem that and be able to carry on the message of the truth of the gospel. The truth is that people love to tell juicy stories <laughs> and gossip, and especially if a pastor or a church leader is involved. So let's be careful not to ruin our witness by our actions. It all reflects back on the Lord. And it decreases the effectiveness of His appeal. Remember it said, as though He were making an appeal through us. It, it uh, decreases the effectiveness of His appeal that He's making through us. So our actions can reflect back. Next, our task is to speak truth. In our job of representing Christ to the world, our goal is that what we say and what we believe and how we act and how we live is a testimony that lines up with this. What we say and believe lines up with the truths of the Bible and what it teaches. We're to be careful not to promote our own opinions like I was talking about earlier or our own convictions even, but just to speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. And last, about an ambassador, our privilege is to appeal to people to be reconciled to God. Verse 20 says, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The verse right before that, verse 19 says, he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So this is our main focus. Our primary job, the ministry given to us, as ambassadors of Christ to deliver the message of reconciliation. Now there's much that can be said about concerning God's word to man, about his love, his grace, his mercy, his power and authority, his care and concern for people, his, um, how he redeems, how he restores, how he forgives, how he makes new. All these things are the word of God to the uh, people that need to hear it. All these things and more can be said and are said in here. But Paul in this passage in 2 Corinthians kind of summarizes it, doesn't he? He summarizes the ambassador's message to the world as simply, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So to summarize the, the word that we have, the message that we have for the world, it's be reconciled to God. So let's take uh, some time this morning that we have left to uh, dive in a little bit deeper and uh, talk about this reconciliation. Verse 18 says, God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So remember, we're part of God's kingdom, right? Our former way of living to serve ourselves is in the past. And now we serve King Jesus. How do we serve in this kingdom? 
In the U.S. and in other countries, in other kingdoms around the world, there's many different areas of service to the country, to the president, to the king, or to the prime minister, whatever the case might be. These areas of service, while often called departments or agencies, such as the Department of Defense, right? Sometimes they're also called ministries, the Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Education, the Ministry of Agriculture, whatever it might be. So what ministry would you like to serve in? What ministry would you like to serve in? What part would you like to serve in the kingdom? Maybe the Ministry of Tourism. <laughs> Maybe that's your, that's your cup of tea. Maybe the Ministry of Defense or the Ministry of Foreign Affairs or the Ministry of Culture. You get the idea, right? Well, verse 18, Paul tells us the ministry that we've been assigned, the ministry that we've been given is the Ministry of Reconciliation. Reconciliation. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, as a representative of that kingdom, as an ambassador, as Paul puts it, of the king, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We do not reconcile. We point people to Jesus. He's the reconciler. We're not reconcilers. We're ambassadors. So how do we carry out this function as ambassadors with the ministry of reconciliation. We have been reconciled. We read in verse 17, we have been reconciled. We have experienced reconciliation ourselves, and so we're ambassadors of what we've experienced and are to be actively involved in this ministry of reconciliation by spreading its message. So what is it? What is the message? What is the ministry of reconciliation? So I looked up the definition of the word reconcile. I found it's from a Latin word meaning to make good again, to repair, or to bring together again. Other definitions related to this are to win over to friendliness, to cause to become amicable. That requires its own definition. I didn't look it up. And to bring into agreement or harmony. You may hear it used in reference to people who reconciled their differences and became friends again, right? Or even related to finances. Anybody still balance a checkbook? Is that done anymore? Okay. <laughs> and remember, you, you have to reconcile your checkbook ledger, right? You get your statement from the bank and it says you have this amount of money and your checkbook ledger says you have this amount. And you're Okay. What's missing? What's wrong? Where did, I, where did I miss something? And you have to go back and you have to put the pieces together and reconcile it. You have to make it come back together again in harmony. I've had some long hours reconciling checkbooks before. I used to be a treasurer for the state youth and we had, you know, um, money would come in from different areas or whatever, and it was just hard sometimes. I remember staying up all night. You know, you, you always wait to make your treasurer's report the night before the meeting, right? And I uh, was staying up all night trying to make, uh, make all the uh, pennies match up. Reconciling it. To reconcile, to bring back together again. Now here's why this is such a great word for our job description as Christians. We're to bring each other we're to bring all humankind 
together with God, to bring us all into harmony with God. But it's not for the first time. The very definition to bring together again infers that we're doing this again, to bring together again, coming together with God again. We were created by God, made in His image, created by God for relationship with Him. Then something happened, right? Something happened that damaged that relationship. Something that happened with the very first people, Adam and Eve, and that something was sin. When sin entered the equation, there was a breach in the relationship. Something stood in the way that, presented, that prevented the relationship between God and man as God had originally intended it. Sin stood in the way of the relationship that God had intended. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 5. If you want to follow along, I'll be skipping around a little bit. But I'm going to read chapter, uh, verse 12 first. And this will go along well with our describing our ministry of reconciliation and really what is reconciliation. We've got to know what it is to be able to share it and to be a minister of it. Romans 5 gives a good um, explanation of what, what it means to be reconciled. Romans 5, I'll start with uh, verse 12. Just as through one man, and that's, that one man is talking about Adam, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And skip down to verse 15. For if the many died by the trespass of the one... How much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Verse 16, Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man... How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners... So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So this is just, it might have seemed confusing to you if you were just listening and not following along reading it. But it's just a comparison of what we have through Adam versus what we have through Christ. Through the one man Adam brought sin and death. The one man Jesus brought justification from that, brought um, Righteousness and life. Now I'm going to go back and um, start in verse 8 and read through 11. Same chapter, Romans 5. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, and the NIV says while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So what's the reconciliation? That's being made right. It's being made right with God again. That's the relationship that was broken by sin that came to us through Adam being restored again. The relationship is restored. That's the reconciliation that we have the message to tell the world about. That's, that's um, the coming together again, the bringing together again. And that's what God did for us through Christ. In short, what God created and designed in the beginning was good. We read that in Genesis, right? Sin messed that up. Now I'm giving you the basic um, summary here. Sin messed that up. It messed it up so bad that it led to death. God's justice requires a death penalty for sin. Not everybody knows that. God's justice requires a death penalty for sin. But God, being full of love and grace and mercy as He is, He would not just sit back and be okay with that. He would not just sit back and watch us die in our sin. But He provided a way to life. And that way was through His Son, Jesus. There would still be the death requirement, but Jesus would supply that for us. And we could be reconciled to God. That's a summary, a one-paragraph summary of the gospel. God created us for union with Him, for a relationship with Him. And that got all messed up with sin. But God provided a way for us to be reconciled back to Him relationship with Him again through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Ephesians 2, and you don't have to turn there, I'll just uh, read a couple verses. Ephesians 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In Ephesians 1, the chapter prior to that, says, In Him, Jesus, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace which He lavished on us. One more passage, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that He might bring us to God. There it is. Bring us to God. Having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. So we're created for union with God, but being human, we've inherited something from Adam. Not this Adam. No. <laughs> we've inherited something from Adam. And that was a broken relationship with God. We don't live as we were created to and intended to. We need to be restored and brought back to God again. And that's what reconciliation is about. And we've been given this gift 
of reconciliation through the gift of Jesus Christ. Our job then, our job then is to act as ambassadors of Christ, to represent Christ in our broken world and to be about the ministry of reconciliation where people are brought back together with God through Jesus Christ. This is the message that's been entrusted to us. Now it seems like a good news message that would be easy to convey, right? Well, you know it's not, is it? It's met with a lot of opposition. Um, it's not so easy to do. Now while some may be in a place in their life where they're eager for a way out of the bondage of sin that's on them, and the things that are heavy on them, they're just looking for a way out. That message comes easy to them. But that's not the case for most people, is it? And many people, they just either don't see the danger of sin that they're living in, they're blinded to it, as Scripture says, or they've even made peace with sin. And they say, well, this is just the way I'm going to live. This is the way I like to live, regardless of what the consequences are. This is the way I'm going to do it. And that message of reconciliation comes across to them as something they don't want to hear. Because why? It would mean having to change their lifestyle. Because it requires believing Jesus is who He says He is. Trusting in Him. And when that happens, requires admitting sin. Repenting of our sin. Making Jesus King of our life. And that's just too much for many people. Be reconciled to God. God is making that plea through us. Be reconciled to God. I ran across this in Barnes' uh, notes on the Bible, and I'll just read it in closing. It says, To be reconciled to God implies that man has something to do. Man has something to do in this work. He is to be reconciled to God. He is to give up his opposition. He is to submit to the terms of mercy. All the change in this case is to be in him, for God cannot change. God has already removed all the obstacles to reconciliation with which existed. He has done all that he will do, all that needs to be done now in order to render reconciliation is that man should lay aside his hostility, abandon his sins, embrace the terms of mercy, and become, in fact, reconciled to God. So there is something that man has to do. They have to just be reconciled. They have to receive the reconciliation that God has provided for us through Jesus. And it's our responsibility, our duty to urge them to do that. I didn't like to read that word. It said, I'll go back to it. Verse 20, at the end of it says, We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I don't like to beg. Anybody like to beg? <laughs> but so this kind of hit me. It's like, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's going to um, take some intention, intentionality, if that's a word on my part. Because I can, 
my personality is I'll present it to you, but I'm not going to beg you, right? <laughs> I'll give you the options, but it's your choice. And that's really what it comes down to anyway. It is their, their choice. But what does this imply here? We beg. That implies a passion, right? It implies a um, urgency. It implies a love and a concern. And if I'm not begging someone to be reconciled to God, what message is that sending? Is it sending the message that I'm maybe agreeing with the statement that, you know, you can go to hell? Right? Um, am I agreeing with that statement? Or am I having passion and love and concern for people that I would be willing to beg them to be reconciled to God? Something to think about. You can uh, pray about it and ask God how He would apply that in your life. We have this message entrusted to us, this ministry of reconciliation as a representative of God and His kingdom, as an ambassador. Let me wrap it up with just a summary of what this was. So we see what Paul tells us here is that we're ambassadors for Christ. And in being ambassadors, we have a high calling. As an ambassador, we live in one place, knowing that our greater citizenship is in another place. And how we perform our duty as an ambassador reflects back on our home country, reflects back on God and His kingdom. We can either reinforce the message and the truth of God and His kingdom, or we can undermine it by our actions. We're called to faithfully represent God's message to the world. Our task is to speak the truth. And the message that we declare is one of reconciliation between God and man through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's embrace this morning. Let's embrace our identity as ambassadors for Christ and share the message of reconciliation with the world that we have here. You've experienced it, right? You've experienced that reconciliation? I don't want to uh, be so naive as to think that there may be some here or maybe some listening on Facebook that have not experienced that reconciliation. They have not experienced Christ making their relationship with God back to where it was intended to be from the beginning. And I offer this invitation to you today. Make today the day. Make today the day of salvation. The next chapter that if you kept reading in 2 Corinthians, it would say that today is the day of salvation. Make today your day. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for reconciliation. God, we're thankful for Jesus, how He's accomplished that for us. God, we're just separated from You through our sin, but You made a way for us to be reconciled back to You. You made a way for our relationship to be restored. For us to be in good standing with you again. God, um, we're thankful for Jesus and what he did to accomplish that. God, I'm thankful for the ones here today who've um, trusted in Jesus for that. That have uh, made him the king of their life. That have, like we sang earlier, have submitted their lives in the kingdom work to a wholehearted service to their king. Uh, God, I know there's some here today and maybe some listening that have not done that. have not made that step. 
Maybe they never saw the importance of it. Maybe they never really understood why they felt distant from you. Maybe they didn't understand the grasp that sin has on their life. God, I pray that your spirit will just uh, work in their spirit this morning and speak to them. Show them the love, the grace, the mercy that you have for them. Invite them into the kingdom. God, give them a new birth. Make them a new creation like we read in 2 Corinthians. And God, um, help them just to, uh, just to be able to glory in being part of the kingdom of God. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we sing. with a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you so much for all you have done for us this day. And thank you for the blessings 
of your Holy Spirit this morning. Just go with us throughout the day and let us all be ambassadors in your work. Pray that you'll bless Scott and Brother Carbon as they do about your business. Pray that each one will bless each other that you are around. God direct in our life and our future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.